witness in a survivor's peak. I done messed around and went viral right from my driver's seat. Just like what the industry was containing. I'd rather make a difference instead of hating, complaining. So let me park the whip. It don't matter, rapper or model chick, singer or comedian. Perfect. Let's park in politics. Hey, let's park in politics. Welcome to the pullover. Let's park in politics. This the pullover. Let's park in politics. I say this the pullover. Let's park in politics. Yeah, yeah. All right, hold on. We're we're, sure. we're we're not we're we're not we're not ready yet, y'all. We're not ready yet. For sure. I I gotta bring this man in the right way. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Lockout Man Podcast Show, y'all. I appreciate you guys being here. Tonight's guest, I, I had to do him up the right way. Man been driving for over 30 years. This man got got got, got, got multiple jewels. Multiple jewels. That's that's all I can say about this guy. That's all I can say about this guy. He got multiple jewels. And he wants to share his jewels with us tonight on the Lockout Man podcast show. Y'all got y'all gotta love this beat, man. This 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 that shit right here. What's going on, guys? Lockout Men back again with another podcast interview for you guys tonight. I appreciate you guys being here. I'm just going to jump right into it, man. Let's welcome my man, the one, the only, the Cigar Boss. What's up? What's up? What's going on, bro? Where are we? We blowing flames, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So, so the cigar boss, man. That that's that's more than just a name. That's that's like a culture, man. Tell, talk to me. Yes. Let, let me know what's what 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 what's these joints about cigars, man. Well, for me, man, the cigar thing started um, when I turned fifty back in um, August of uh, two thousand fifteen. So. Oh wait, 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 bro! Leo or Virgo? Nah, dog. I was seventeen. I'm a Leo. You you can't tell. I mean, type A personality. Come on, dog. Leo, August first, bro. Right here. Okay. All right. That's what it is. You know what it is. That's what's yes, up. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They can't tell us nothing. We love each other. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Take these sachets off. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. So, so yeah, back, uh, for, so back, so when you turned fifty, you 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 got yeah. into you know yeah, well actually what actually what, what the what the what the joint was was that uh I told my wife I was gonna have a hobby 
Mm-hmm. I said, I'm either going to get a, a Corvette, a mistress, or a cigar. She ain't hear shit after mistress. <laughs> That's how I... <laughs> she blanked. That's how I got the cigar. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't think she's gonna be one hundred with the misses, man. How how long you been married, though? We've been together seven years, man. We uh, seven years. we got married. We got married. We got married June thirteenth of this year. Oh, yeah. Okay, look what's up. Congratulations, man. Yeah, and, thank you, man. Newly newlywed, do the newlywed thing. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. All right, so after fifty, you you uh you you went on ahead and got the got the cigars. What what was the first cigar that well, that, uh, that you got or that you started started smoking? The first cigar I started smoking was an Ashton um, Connecticut, which is a Connecticut is the the leaf itself. You got a you got a, uh, the lighter leaves like uh, Connecticut, the darker leaves or Maduro, basically meaning that. The, the the Connecticut has not set in the sun, sort of like me and your complexion. You ain't been in the sun as long as I have, but we both black. So, right. um, saying that's the simplest simplest analysis of the cigar that I can give you in that regard, and it's a little lighter because I I'm not a I'm not a, a full body cigar smoker. You got a light, a medium, and a full body. I like a a, a light to medium because I I like to breathe, and uh, I still love my lungs. Um, plus. For me, it was a gravitational thing. I don't, I, I really smoke. I don't hoard cigars. I don't keep them in my humidor, which is, you know, the storage case that is a temperature control box or temperature control storage area that stores cigars. Um, I have a humidor to keep the ones that I choose to smoke, but I don't collect cigars just to show off to say, hey, man, you know, I got this uh, Rocky Patel classic 1965, whatever, whatever, or this Patron, Patron um, 1931. I don't do that. I, if I buy them, I smoke them. So, okay. because to me, a true aficionado appreciates a well-smoked cigar because you don't really know whether you like it until you smoke it. You know? Okay. As, so, they ain't like they ain't like buying Newports now. They cost too much to yeah, just sit around. About, and, that, that's what I was about to ask you. That's what I was about to ask you because me, I, I, I tune smoking with smoking. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right. What what is the difference between you know smoking a cigar and smoking cigarettes, black and miles, and the rest of that bullshit? Education, class, dignity, levels. There's levels to this shit. Um, most guys who smoke smoke cigars and women who smoke cigars are shot callers, decision makers, bosses. I don't play golf, but I meet just as many people in a cigar lounge because I truly smoke cigars and you know am on my shit when it comes to those that if you sitting around me faking and flogging like this is not called a lighter this is called a torch so if you in a cigar lounge it would be bad cigar etiquette for you to walk in there with a damn uh pack of uh, uh, matches talking about you smoking a 20 dollar 30 dollar cigar nigga you faking that's like wearing stacy adams and talking about you going to talk to me about some magnani shoes well bro mm-hmm. i wear magnani so there's a big difference now, for the old heads who wear Stacey Adams and they lace, you know, from the bottom, we can we can talk about the quality of the shoe, but at the end of the day, you know, there's a big difference between $130 and $700. The quality, the leather, you know, the fit, the longevity, the whole nine. So a cigar is, in essence, uh, uh, sort of like a reward for for going, getting to 
a certain point in life. Now, I don't smoke cigarettes and I don't smoke black and miles and I don't smoke weed. I smoke these cigars because it one, it relaxes me. And then two, interact with other decision makers in a way in which it's non-confrontational, it's non-threatening. We can have a casual conversation and we can meet each other at a level where we can appreciate each other's knowledge and share something that we both uh, have a, a level of authority on. So that's, for me, in a nutshell, that's what cigars do. It, it introduces me to people that I've, I mean, introduces and keeps me in the, 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 the realm of people that I've been affiliated with for over 30 years or and just allows me to introduce my other people. Like if I come to Cleveland, I'll look up a cigar lounge in Cleveland, which is probably down by not too far down from the wharf, you know, where y'all yeah. got that, the house yeah. of blues and whatnot. So, yeah. so all you got to do is, is look for the well heel, you know, you got well heel people and, you know, follow them. They usually gravitate to this and eat, you know, and you know, they usually have similar habits. Like I'm, I smoke my cigars with either cognac or uh, uh, a whiskey, or, uh, uh, or or a good a good uh, vodka. I mean, but people, different people have different tastes, you know. So I, it's, it goes well with alcohol, um, and some people even smoke cigars with and drink wine. I'm my wife does that. I'm not that. I'm a. I like like for example. Um, uh, Uncle Nearest. You've probably heard of Uncle Nearest. Um, I smoke. If you go back on my page, you see that I have a, outside uh, in the back of the house, uh, my, my smoking table, I have Uncle Nearest paired with a couple of different cigars. But it just depends on what the mood is. You know, so sometimes I'll mix a couple of drinks and see how it flows with the cigar. And I'll tell you what, I've never had a bad smoke or a bad smoking experience. I've only had people who full of shit that don't, they're trying to fake like they know what they know. And I get out from around them and get around some people that do. That makes sense. Well, let me, let me ask you this, man. Uh, You know, you're right. There is a couple of uh, cigar lounges around the area. Um, And I, you know, I, I peep, you know, peep guys, you know, I peep the guys that goes in there and and chill out. Mm -hmm. What is is the ambiance? What is the mood like in one of those places? Uh, Laid back. Because you got to think about um, if you're an executive or you're in an executive capacity or decision maker, you want somewhere where you have like minded people that you can go to uh, sit back and y'all can talk about things that are relevant around a product that you both enjoy, that you can get some kind of uh, a level of, of relatability on, you know, and that that's what the cigar lounge allows you to do is that if you're in trucking. And you uh, gravitate to, you know, running a trucking company. And let's say you got a guy in there who is a uh, owns a brokerage firm or a 3PL company, or uh, you may have a couple of shippers and 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 and, con- and suppliers. And all y'all sitting there, all, everybody's in transportation and logistics, but all y'all are sitting around, maybe smoking one of these uh, 554s or or uh, 660s. And and you say, well, hey, um. LaShawn, what what's up with the flathead? Well, man, you know it's a medium body Maduro. Cause this is a this is Maduro. Uh, it's a little little heavy for me, but uh, I prefer that um that Rocky Patel you have in your hand, you know. And then y'all just kind of compare, you know, what what cigars you have smoked that you appreciate. And then if any business is transacted, now people know you from a conversational standpoint, and they know that you have a 
hobby that's similar to them. So now it lessens that whole uh, wall of fake conversation that you try to establish with somebody when you're trying to find common ground in a regular business environment. So that's what it does, man. It opens the door. It's, it's just like, you know, if you play golf or tennis or some non-traditional, you know, upscale involvement that people don't equivocate us with in in a sense. But we do participate and at a very pretty pretty wide extent. There's a there's a lot of us, and I say us, I'm talking about black folks. There's a lot of us who smoke cigars uh, across the country. And I've made a lot of uh, connections and friends and, rela- and relationships by us. and then they found out that I'm also in trucking and I also on a, you know, a couple other businesses but it started out by hey man what's, what's your thoughts on this particular brand you know what do you you know how do you like it what what are you what, what are you now smoking what's in your humidor and we just kind of compare from there I TJ Bull, the, I mean, TJ Jones, the bull, what's going on? Amari, what's going on? Father D's in the house, what's going on? Wise Al Trucker, Teddy the Trucker, what's going on? Resto is in the house. Um, let me know my brother, let me know my brother get in Oh, yeah, that's not a problem. He, he was just texting me, too. Um, TJ Jones, the bull, says, Cigar Boss and the other trucker, James, best need to hook up. He says, Cigar Bros or Cigar Gurus. That's what's up. <laughs> For sure. So, Tell him so, I appreciate the love. So, Cigar Boss, man, where where, where you come from? Where you, where you, uh, what you, okay. where you got into this trucking game? Well, um, actually, man, you want the beginning or you want the inception of the trucking? Because, uh, from the beginning, I'm old country boy. I, I grew up in a little small town in South Carolina, or Winsboro, South Carolina, about 22 miles north of Columbia. Um, when I went to college, um, I was a business major. And uh, I left my senior year. Uh, I actually ran out of money. <laughs> that's, that, that's the real thing, my senior year. So I told my dad, that, you know, I'm going to try this banking thing because I was working for NCNB, which is now Bank of America. Well, after after about six months of that shit, this was in 87, after about six months of watching these cats go to lunch on Wednesday and get promoted on Thursday, mm. don't don't miss don't miss that. Mm. Okay. I thought, I we thought. both we, okay, we both came in together. So <laughs> uh I I realized that, that I wasn't built for the and he didn't raise ass kisses, you know, and so I told my pops um, October, September of 87. I said, man, I'm going to go to trucking school. Well, my mom was a school teacher. She wasn't, she wouldn't try to hear that shit. Uh, how, how, but how, I, old, how, how old was you at, at this point? 22. Okay. And, 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 uh, you know, as most 22 year olds, I thought I knew everything, you know, had the world figured out, didn't know shit. Oh. Uh, but king for me came about because I have a cousin um, you heard of Ashford and Simpson, Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Nick Ashford is my cousin. If you Google his where he's from, he's from Fairfield County, which is where I'm from. So okay. when you see Nick Asher, you see my dad, you see my cousins on my father's side. They all dark skin, tall, dark, pretty white teeth, long black hair, that whole nine. So okay. I had a cousin um that was like my dad. My dad was only child. So I had a cousin that was like my uncle. My dad, he was that drove a long nose and see the significance of that. I didn't know until I got in the business. Like Clarence was driving a long nose Pete and a long nose Kenworth 
in the 70s and the early 80s. This dude is like 6'4", had a big old cowboy buckle on, had real, the real cognac boots with the gold buckle and a big old Stetson hat. And he always smoked a big long cigar, which is called a Churchill, which is seven inches long. So seeing that image as a kid and then, uh, uh, um, you know, me and his kids, his sons, which uh, out of seven, five of them in trucking, um, I want, I gravitated to that and said, you know, let me, let me, you know, let me take my shot. Well, when I came through trucking school in 87, I was part of that first class where the guys who were along with my brother, DSX, they were, they had the, um, the chauffeur's license or as the, the articulated license where I was part of that first set of guys who came through where you had to change out from that license to get a regular CDL. And right. so you was, they had, you was grandfathered in. You did, no, did I you wasn't. To... No, no, I wasn't grandfathered in. I'm part oh, of that you... class where where the guys who were grandfathered had to come back and prove that they knew what they say they knew. Oh, so they had to take the yeah, they had to take the written test, you know the little green book. Right. They had to they had to go through the little green book. And man, you talking about some cats who's cussing? Because you gotta think some of these older cats back then have been driving 30 years, and you got these young guys in here. We we acing the test, knocking it out. And they can't pass the written test. They can drive their ass off. So you had a lot of that conflict going on when I was in trucking school. And I, um, back when I went to school, I went to school up in the mountains in Asheville, North Carolina at Blanton's Junior College. And you had two types of drivers when I first started. You had what they call hill country drivers, which is guys like myself who learned how to drive the mountains. And you had what you call flat country drivers, which are guys who went to school, say, in Florida or maybe Ohio, what have you, that didn't learn how to mountain drive when they went to school. Okay. The way the way you could find way you could tell that, get on Black Mountain. You take your ass out forty, get on Black Mountain, or go through Kentucky or Tennessee. You see how them, you know, you you see them go down there. You can always tell when a motherfucker not a hill country driver because he hugging the curve on the right side. The speed limit say fifty to forty five. He driving forty. You know he riding the brakes. He you know wearing them out. That's me. Well, I'm not riding okay, well, the brakes. I'm right. not riding the brakes. But that's me say? hugging the curve though. Hey man. That- <laughs> the guy that's in the seven thirteen—that's me going around you, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, and I'll get out your way, bro. I'll, I'll get out your way. Don't worry and about. I understand it. because I'm going to be—I'm going to be right there. I'm going to get right there. Just like, just like drill sergeant says, he's the left lane hammer down. I'm getting out your yeah. way, bro. There you go. Bye. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I was—I was taught by—I was taught by guys like my brother, drill sergeant. Um, they were left lane truckers, and that's all I knew. So my first truck at 22 was a Peterbilt 359 long, no 13 speed. My very first truck. Mm. I didn't, I didn't even know what I had, bro. I would, that's what I trained on. You know, my my trainer was a brother. My first run was from Kings Mountain. I'm sure if you ran in North Carolina, you know where Kings Mountain, right outside of Charlotte, is. My right. first run was from Kings Mountain to L.A. How I know that Texas is 860 miles, he pulled over in Louisiana and got out and put my ass under the wheel and I drove the entire length of the state of Texas from the Texarkana side all the way to El Paso. When I when I pulled the truck over, I was in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Man, yeah. listen. That <laughs> takes about a fucking month to clear that motherfucking state, man. <laughs> I bruh, so, not, bro. Bro, I didn't come on that. From when you come in, right? When you get to Laredo, right. it, it, it's going to take you 
about at least two weeks to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in a sense, in a sense, yeah, yeah. So I went out, I went out, I went out. I fucked with that. But um, I, I was, I didn't come on, I didn't come on the eighty. I'll be honest with you. I was, I didn't. He told me not to come on the eighty, and I, I drove that, drove through that bitch in about about ten and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we, you know, we, we, we ran two log books back then. You know, everybody did. Um, right. The log I, books, the log books. How 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 was it running law books back then, man? And I I know I, I know you old school guys. I know you old. I know the old school guys. I I know you guys fucking hate e laws. No no nah, nah, bro. I'm now my bro, my brother put he put it on your he put it on your tagline. No, I'm an educated trucker, so I'm cool with either one. See, I like technology because to be honest with you. Like I can work the law book like a motherfucker. I mean, I, I'm I'm a master with the ink pen and 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 the ruler. Trust and believe that. But mm-hmm. I I see the value of the ELD, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense that for a person who has not had any other comparison, like like I told you in our, in a green room discussion, you don't know what you don't know until you get in the midst of it to find out what you need to know. Right. The ELD allows new truckers the opportunity to not have to be concerned with tearing out pages um keeping up with what's going on eight to ten days ago but what you need to understand is that that document that that document is a federal legal document as well because it's only a mandate meaning that it's like a it's like a it's like a contract uh a company says well we have a company agreement well your agreement ain't worth a shit in court up against the fmcsa that that logbook is a federal document. So the value for both, I can equivocate between the two and say, hey man, excuse me, I see I see the benefit of both. Now, so I'm I'm go ahead. Now back then, back back mm-hmm. then, you know, back then when y'all you know, when y'all was grinding and everything about right, right. The, you know, you know, the laws, you know, y'all y'all can pack the laws, y'all can you know treat. Uh, twink and all like that with the laws, but you can't yes, do sir. that. You 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 can't do that as much as with the e laws. You know what it I'm depends saying? On what you, depends on whether or not you the administrator. Okay, now remember now, you mm-hmm. gotta understand. I'm the boss. Okay, I own my company. I own my company. Okay, so I control I control my ELD. If I run PeopleNet and I'm the administrator, I can edit it. Okay. Now we just gonna we just gonna we're gonna put a point in that because what right. we don't want is somebody who is listening that's not that's, that's that, that not only has, right that that, that had the only thing they've learned is what, what that don't understand right. it and then gonna run back and try to right and, try and to say, do that oh, so I what we ain't gonna do right I heard cigar boss and all because then I'm gonna have you come and show me to do show me how to do a hundred and forty point inspection on a pre trip. And I ain't gonna let you miss, I ain't gonna let you miss shit. We're gonna start at the front bumper, work our way down the left side, go under the chassis, go up under the trailer, and we're gonna work our way around the right side and back. You're gonna show me all 140 points. Since you really wanna, you know, if you wanna show out, we can get technical, we can show out, you know. <laughs> and I don't wanna hear but six things. Not crack being a broken, not cut worn afraid. Woo! I, I, and okay, okay, don't okay, don't don't play with it now. Don't play with it now. I, okay. I See, gonna... I, I can't. I can deviate and, and, and get off into some left hand shit, but I can keep it technical. You I, know, I ain't um, gonna fuck with you. 
I ain't gonna mess with you. I, I, I got the cut. I, I got the cut broken, frayed, but everything else, yeah. Crack been a broken, cut more than afraid. Mm-hmm. Crack, yeah, that part. <laughs> okay, crack been crack been crack been a broken is your, refers to your glass, exactly. Cut worn afraid is anything that's rubber, rubber. or you know that can mm-hmm. be cut. It's just it's common sense, you know what I'm saying. So you know, first thing you need to do when I when I when I when I if I'm if I, if I'm taking you out on a road test, and I say Lashawn, walk into the truck. What do you see? I see a truck. If you don't get your ass down under that truck and tell me if you see a leak or a puddle, you or you know walk into the truck. That's why a lot of people fail. They they walk into the truck. A lot of people fail the inspection. From the very beginning, that and when they don't turn the switch back on, when they're pumping the brake down and they don't turn the switch back on, they turn the switch all the way off, try to pump the brake down. A lot of people fail right there, too. And they go, what happened? Well, you obviously forget a step. OK. All right. So that aspect of trucking, you know, guys and, and women who have been properly trained in trucking schools and in, in, um, in, in, in training, they get that. So what happens is. You 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 deviate from your basic fundamental trucking skill set when you get experienced, and it's hard to retrain an experienced trucker that's been trained him or herself to do shit they way, and then you be like, man, I ain't I don't want to do that. Well, the truth of it is, you you forgot it and you don't want to do it. But I get that. 33 years, December, December twelfth for thirty three years. Ooh, 33 years, man. What 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 have you what have you seen out here that you can tell these young jacks uh that 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 that's different from coming up, man? We we already we already touched on e We know how e of the law book and how y'all was how y'all was super trucking it back in the day. Uh how how was how was the culture back in the day? Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something my brother had said. The culture was a lot more inclusive. Like, if a guy was pulled over, like I am now talking to you, it'd probably be three or four truckers, you know, on the CB. You know, yo, you all right? You good? What, what's happening? You know, whereas nowadays you got people riding down the road with the damn foot up on the left side of the truck with the cruise control on, watching the damn TV and their phone and their laptop, paying attention to everything except the road. Because last time I checked, it's supposed to be moving. Remember, this truck can go the length of a football field at, the, at 55 miles an hour in what, three seconds, 3.5 seconds? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so, so let's be clear. You are driving a missile that with 80,000 pounds, somebody that stops short in front of you, you can go on and cancel, cancel Christmas with them. Exactly. Um, the thing that I've seen most is most, most disturbing is the discourtesy. Um, these cats being in a hurry, that comes that goes to to planning because if you if you leave late, you're gonna run late. Um, you, you learn how to plan. Most guys, um, for example, if you don't have and this is the smaller one, I got a big one, don't have one of these simple road atlas. Spend the money, spend the forty dollars, and get the big laminated joint. Um. And plan your run. Don't trust the GPS. Like I see a lot of people, they 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 how in the fuck do you use a phone as a fucking GPS when you don't have when the phone don't have truck routes? You need a trucking GPS 
that you compare. See, the GPS is supposed to act as a backup to your map skills. You plan your run based on your map skills and how you want to fuel your truck. And you use your GPS as a backup. Well, these motherfuckers, they use it backwards. They use the GPS as their main source. And then they get fucked up. Then they call their, what y'all call them on? Load planner, transportation manager, route planner, whatever the fuck you call them. And they don't know because some of them some bitches ain't never drove. They came straight out of college, got a degree in business or logistics management, and they ain't never drove. So now you got the blind leading the blind. Um, that's those are a couple of things. Um, more than more more so than anything else is the, I think just the general lack of understanding the value that we bring to the general marketplace. Um, everything that you have on that I have on that's in that hotel room has been transported by someone that's in the trucking industry. That is, that is straight facts. And I, I'm, I'm going to touch okay. on the GPS, man. I, I'm, I'm going to touch on the GPS. I, I, I am a, a GPS fan. I just, the seven, the seven, the Ram at Nally 730 never uh-huh. did, but unfortunately uh-huh. I put it down and get another one, but I do feel you on the Atlas though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. I hear you on the Atlas. How how sure. important, you know, technology now makes it mm-hmm. easy for us drive mm-hmm. or for us new jack drivers. It makes it easy for us. Mm-hmm. How was you know, it? what it does, it gives you an excuse. But go ahead, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, yeah. Okay, give you I'm I'm gonna touch on that. But okay. how 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 important it was. For you to literally read a map back in the day, I, I, I give you, I give you a classic example. You ever driven in downtown Chicago? Uh, come on, have you? Hey, come so on. you seen you seen a bridge go from um thirteen six to thirteen two to twelve eight, right? Yes. Okay. Sir. You 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 ever been on a parkway? Not 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 listen to me. Not the freeway. You ever fuck around and go to New York and got on the parkway as mm-hmm. opposed to the freeway? And you had to drop your bags and get in the center to go through it, go on the bridge. See, see, that kind of stuff will teach you how to read a map. You know, when you had to back traffic up two mi- a couple of miles, because you got to back that damn truck up. You know, uh, you go to Chicago and I mean, we've all seen the video with these guys and sheared the top off of, of the van, not paying attention, Our not reading the bridge. Yeah, not reading the bridge, not reading the bridge heights. How the hell do you get your driver's license, your CDL, and your ass don't know how to look at bridge heights. And you got to look up. You're supposed to be looking up going down the road all the time. So All the time. The the GPS, one of the advantages of having a good trucking GPS. Now, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I know you say you had got that uh, that Ram McNally, but you need to step step the game or get that Garmin. Um, I came after the Garmin. I I got the Garmin for the car. No, 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 no. I got the Garmin for the car. No, no. Where Where do you get the money to pay for the car? Oh God damn Hello. 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 Okay. You put you put drawers and socks on. You don't walk around with your dick hanging out there. No. Okay, so drawers and socks are necessary. That trucking GPS is necessary to earn the money to get you a position to pay for the car. Okay. To feed the same. So you that's how you look at that GPS as an investment. It's a tax write-off. It's it's a piece of equipment. Yes, it's four hundred dollars. Yes. I'm I'm not I'm not yes, it is four hundred, maybe four fifty. Okay, but when you amortize that over 52 weeks or you look at what is that going to save you in time in terms of you going down a state road that, that doesn't have 
that you may run across a bridge and you scaling out at 74.6 and the bridge say nothing over 36 tons. That's 72,000, right? Now right. you're shitting bricks. Now you got to get in the middle and hope the damn bridge don't cave in. Well, if you got a truck and GPS in it and you put truck routes only in there, you can go only on truck routes, U.S. highways, you know, and that, states, so forth and so on. And, and that's what I do with the with the Ram and Nelly. You over here telling me to get a Garmin. I can't mess with the Garmin, man. Why? I'm I'm not a fan of. Well, I I do. Well, you uh, let me ask you, sir. Do the does the does the Ram McNally get you where you're going? Oh, for sure. Well, no. Okay, so it's called. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The seven thirty okay. that I had before I got the new one. Uh-huh. All right. Because uh-huh. the the new one, I'm I'm breaking the new one in. It, it's and so far so good. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So far so good. But the seven thirty never uh-huh. steered me wrong. Never okay. like you know I that I, I I'm 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 the first person to tell a motherfucker don't use that fucking truck GPS at all. What's that? The Qualcomm shit? Don't. Oh, I see. See, I don't even know nothing about that shit because yeah, I don't, don't depend on other. I don't yeah. depend on other people to send me no fucking way. That yeah. that shit right there yeah. is built into the truck. I'm talking mm-hmm. about protecting yourself. It's it's the same. It's just like going into a, a public toilet and and lining the seat. You don't want no crabs and bugs on your ass, so you line the toilet seat. You know, exactly. before you take before you shit. So or, the, or the GPS, just, or you just do the squat. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, well, how you feel? Oh, take some Lysol spray, whatever. But. You know, I look at the GPS. The GPS is sort of like some guys like Nike, some guys like Reebok, some guys like Adidas. It's it's really just a matter of choice. But as long as you have a system that's built for trucking that allows you to map your system out your way and stop and don't depend on this bullshit that's in putting in incorporating these people nets and Omnitracks and all that dumb shit. That ain't uh, that ain't how you move because you got to move as if. The- Life, this is your business. You, the freight, the truck, all y'all need to get there safely on time or as close to on time as possible. And you need to guarantee yourself that. So making that investment was a very wise and constructive thing to do going forward. Because, hey, at the end of the day, that CDL that you have in your pocket, if you go to court, who's the professional in the courtroom when it comes to trucking? The judge going to look at Who's the judge going to look at Truck driver. Thank you. You gonna say, Mister Lockout Man, you are the professional. I expect for you to follow the rules of the FMCSA. Mm-hmm. Damn what the the because the, the dispatcher ain't going to court with you. The manager ain't going to court with you. You going to court? So so always go ahead. No 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 go ahead go ahead go ahead. So go. always always and I tell people always do what's in the best interest of protecting your CDL, and and and, and, and especially when you're in your personal vehicle in your POV. Let everybody know, because I, I, I got this from personal experience. Let everybody know that it's in your household. All right, we, we ain't getting no speed tickets because y'all gonna fuck up my insurance rate. We ain't getting no tickets. We driving. I drive safe, everybody gonna drive safe. Because it's indicative of what could possibly mess up a million dollars. Cause that CDL is worth a million dollars. Okay. Thank you could very easily you could, you could very easily make two hundred and sixty, three hundred thousand dollars a year times four. That's a million, that's a million too. That's what that CDL is worth to you. Change it, buy, build your nice home, buy your nice house. It could start your business, pay for your kids' college, set up your retirement fund. You know, make you an investor. It it changes lives. So when you look at it and you value it from that standpoint, then 
you start making conscious decisions even when you're not in the truck about, okay, you know, I can't do that shit because if I test, if I blow above, you know, 1.8, shit, I'm going to be fucked up. They ain't finna, they ain't finna mess with Jody. They're going to get my ass because my shit say commercial driver's license. So it makes you cognizant of being a professional at all times. And that's the value that, that, that you have to place on what you earn to get. You earn the right to be a trucker. You don't just walk your happy ass out here and get in one of these things and learn how to shift and drive and, you know, and navigate these, this country and deliver this freight. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of thought, planning, experience, process, trial, and error that makes you a professional. So you have to keep that at the forethought of your mind all, at all times. What all right? So thirty years, man, in the game. Let me uh acknowledge a few people in here. Welcome to the show, everybody. Tonight's special guest is the cigar, the cigar boss. Uh, that's the uh tonight's guest. If you guys have any questions, you know, make sure you leave it in the comments, and I'll be able to I'll be able to pass it on to them. While y'all coming up in the building, make sure y'all hit that like button. You know what I'm saying? This man been in the business for thirty years. He. Trucking had had given you the opportunity to do many things. Yes. Uh, so far, you 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 touch all areas of trucking. What what have you done? Uh, what 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 have you pulled throughout the thirty years that you've been doing this? Okay. Well, when I first started, I started with driving. Then, uh, I've done. I can. I just. I'll just give it. Cut it short. I've done drive-in reefer, flatbed, intermodal, and uh, the only thing I had, I hadn't, I hadn't done bed bug hauling, but you know that's that's moving furniture. I don't, I don't, you know, and I hadn't done specializing step deck, but okay. I've done the other few areas, and and I try to, you know, look at what it is that's the most profitable. Given what lanes are available and how the how the how the freight is moving um, on the on the boards and 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 then what relationships I've built over the years because a lot of people may or may not notice but only fifteen percent of the freight is the volume is out there is on the boat load boards the other eighty five excuse me the other eighty five percent is all relationship based meaning that you just you establish a shipper receiver relationship with either you or three PL carrier like C H Robinson Coyote Logistics Echo Logistics uh so forth and so on, or you have a direct relationship with a shipper where you pull your trucks up and you your trailers, and you know you 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 run the freight now because the, the, the rates are different, they pay different, you know, a lot different. Um, so the more you know, the more you, the more you grow. That's the bottom line. Okay. Um, out, well, out let of, me clarify. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead and clarify. I, I was going to ask you out of out of all that you had pulled. Which uh-huh. one is which ones you like the most, and which ones you don't like the most, and which ones pro- you profited the most out of? The most profitable is going to be reefer for me. Uh, and some people say, "Well, flatbed, yeah, flatbed pays." But I'm 55, so the only way I'm gonna, only way I go back in flatbed, I buy me a kind of stoker. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't tarping, I ain't tarping shit. I'm telling you honestly, I, them hundred, them hundred pound tarps. I, 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 I keep saying that flatbed is a young man's game. I can't. It I is. Can't it, it is. If you if if you over forty five, if if you over forty five, you got to get a different gear. I don't give a damn how good a shape you in. You climb your ass up there and you you set them tarps and you pull them and once you you know I mean you tie everything down whether you chaining you know putting on your your you know your your, your guard protectors whatever. 
once you get over 50, man, you ain't looking at, you ain't trying to do all that shit no more, bro. Plus, you should have enough, made enough money and had enough experience to know that, okay, how do I do this smarter? I don't need to work harder. How do I work smarter and still do something I enjoy? Because trucking is one of those occupations that you can do after 70. But you just have to figure out, okay, what I want to do and what's going, what, 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 what will this game allow me to do where I can continue to do what I like to do? You know, so that's that's the other thing about it. It has enough. It's an eight hundred billion dollar industry. So there's enough of a dichotomy of differences that allows you to just kind of pick and play with trucking in, in various aspects to kind of find what niche works for you. Like I ran into a guy in your home state in Ohio. Old legitimate. He runs a hundred. He runs about uh, uh, 60 miles. Two times a day. And he gets four hundred dollars a trip. Do the math on that. Mm. Yeah, five days a week. That part. Mm. You know, that's that relationship shit. So we pulled up, and how he and I got to talking. He was smoking a cigar that I like, and I was smoking a cigar that he liked. So it's an old white gentleman. So he was talking. He's like, he's like, I like that truck you had. I had a uh, three eighty nine at the time, twenty eighteen, before my truck caught fire, and um. I was talking about this truck and he was telling me about his and uh, he had a 379 and I was like, man, that's a clean truck. He said, yeah, it's paid for too. I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But when he started, he showed me about the, you know, how he was running and I did the math. I'm like, this motherfucker making four grand a week and he ain't running hard. He going 60, you know, but it was a relationship that he had built with this shipper over 25 years. So the, the, the thing that you have to learn it's like, like I tell a, a lot of young cats, it's like, when you get your load, okay, when you, when you, when cloud, like one, one dude told me that, that, you know, he put everything in the cloud. I was like, okay, well, put your shit in the cloud. Then I say, the damn battery go out on your cell phone or your laptop. How are you going to get it out of the cloud? You know what? Let me, let me, let me touch on that for a second. Let, let me, let me touch on that for a second. And, and let me bounce back to the GPS. Um, <laughs> A lot of cats, like you said, rely on on technology. I'm unfortunately uh-huh. not one of them, but I learned a long time ago not to put it 100 in there. I tell people all the time, get get that book, get the get the Atlas book, and get a GPS. They look at me like I'm crazy, like yo, I'm not going to spend no 400 dollars on a GPS or or well, three GPS. Hold on. Hold on, they, it, it, and I, I tell them. I said, "Well, what you what do you use for your navigation?" Oh, well, the uh-huh. truck comes with the navigation. Okay, but I also use my phone. But check this out, though. What if you get into the when if you, what, what if you get into the mountains of Virginia and you got to go about a hundred to two hundred miles without service? Then what? You know what I'm saying? Once that once once the GPS lose that. Once you go off that route and that GPS have to recalculate, it's not going to recalculate until after it ca- until after it gets the service, and you're about another 100, 150 miles out. Then what? So yeah, let's or go, go back to or that. you could, or you can or you could be like you you followed me last week. You saw where I went last week, where I left mm-hmm. Texas and went all the way out to the Salt Lake City. So when I got on the other side. Of Denver, I had no damn service, no phone service for 
400 miles. 400 in the mountain. I'm talking about 8,800 in the air. And I what, didn't say. And what, and what service you got? Verizon? Because somebody going to somebody going to say somebody. I wouldn't give a, I wouldn't Verizon. give a shit what they got. They could have, they could have who done it. It don't matter. The point we getting at is use your damn map so you don't become t- dependent on technology. And the technology gonna handle your ass. That's 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 like somebody cutting your check. They handling your ass because you're not controlling what you do. So so getting back to what we're talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for example, you see this right here. That's a notebook, right? Okay. You can go to Dollar General and get one of them joints there for uh, a dollar, two dollars. This is a load I ran August 8th of 2019. The shipper was J.E. Hearn in Kings Mountain, and I went to Port Wentworth, Jordan. I can tell you how much I made, what what the trail I pulled, and what the freight was, who the shipping the constantly is, right? So if my information that I have stored in the cloud went out, or for somebody, or one of the little computer programs decide to erase it, I got it. Now I also have a that I can call when I when I go if I'm in business for myself, I can call these people and say, "Hey man, what y'all got? I'm I'm coming down to uh, Savannah. Y'all got something for uh, 2019? It was on time, and you know we we had a good relationship. So let's let's do some things. Who do I need to talk to? See what I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. So. This this don't go anywhere. This this ink pen, get you a couple of these ink pens and this paper. This ain't going nowhere. All right, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose this because the technology decided it wanted to go left on you. So always put yourself in a position to win, and that's what basic that's what basic fundamental the different you know we can talk about analog and digital all day long. But the bottom line is this right here: you need a little bit of both. You know you can you can you can. No, they can we can argue and conjecture and debate the bullshit all we want to, but at the end of the day, you want to run your truck, be profitable, make a good living, and go home and tell the story. Um, but you was asking me earlier about some of the things that trucking has allowed me to do. Well, <laughs> trucking introduced me to a lot of things. I actually got out of trucking after three years from eighty-seven to ninety because I had a, a, a new wife, and my wife said, "You keep you stay on the road." You know, back then coming home after two weeks was considered lucky. We used to be out three weeks, four weeks at a time sometimes. Um, and so I got into the automobile business, got into sales and marketing and car business. And, and, and I, that for me, opened my, opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, being in sales and, and learning how to interact with people um, because you have to establish a basis of trust um, based on what a person is wanting to buy um, allowed me to see people from an entirely different perspective. Cause you got to think in a truck, we only interact with most people that are in the trucking business. Well, when you, when you're dealing with the public, the general public, you have to present your product in, or service in a manner in which they find that's of value. So you have, you, you become a problem solver. So you get paid in America or around the world problem solver in an efficient way at the most cost-effective way that people will value the amount that you want them to pay enough to say, okay, we'll, we could do some. From that, I was able to um, start a mortgage company. I did um, both first purchase and refi. So if you came, if you say, well, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to you know get my first house. Okay. Well, let's get you qualified and get you, get you a loan. Um, or either you say, well, I've been in my house five years. I got a little equity. 
then we can we'll look, we'll look at what we call either a rate term refi, which is reducing your let's say your interest rate was six point two five and and you wanted to save some money on the on the on the interest. And I said, well, uh, like I oh, mean, I can get you four and a half percent, you know, cut your payment by one hundred fifty dollars a month and then save you probably twenty five thousand on interest. So that was another advantage. I also um, was in the sports management business for about 10 years, um, managed you know, some professional athletes for a while. Um, that business is a real gorilla business because you taking cats, you know, like your homeboy, LeBron, um, who's, a, you know, that's only going to happen once in a lifetime. A guy who, you know, he has his whole team around him that represents him. But when you have the opportunity to help people navigate through their life, you know, show them how to buy a car, how to buy a house, how to protect themselves and their assets after they leave the game itself, whether it's baseball, football, or basketball. Those are the three sports that we focused on. Um, it, 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 it gives you a different view. Like, um, I was flying private in 94. I'm 29. I'm on a private jet talking to Robert Kraft about players or uh, the owner of the, Red, of the Boston Red Sox or the Philadelphia Phillies. And, you know, and I sit in this truck sometime and I think about the life that I have lived that came out of sales and trucking. Some, you know, a lot of people wouldn't believe it. But at this particular point, I don't give a shit because that because I know that it it, it, it was real. And it, and, and, and it just, you know, you, you just have these experiences that take you places that you as a kid could not have imagined. Um. I got back into trucking after after the melt the, the meltdown 07. I was in the car business. I owned three used to own three independent car dealerships. Um, I had a Highline dealership, which is luxury cars, Mercedes, Ferraris, all that. Goodness. I sold um, Ricky Williams a uh, uh, 360 Medina back in the day, and Jason Teller um, some stuff um, down in Florida. I had one in West Palm Beach. I had a couple in South Carolina, and just the fact of being able to see that look on people's face when you 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 tell people, um, hey man, I got you approved. Like the the two smaller independent lots I had were I opened them for people who had what we call nowadays challenge credit. Um, understand this, uh, uh, like a man that, that when you help poor people and working class people in America get something that they want, because a house and a car for most people are their two greatest purchases, and when you can participate in one of those two. That is a feeling that is that 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 never goes away because it you can help generations. I've sold cars to grandparents, parents, kids. Uh, I've helped um, take the, the kids who were renting and paying enough rent per month to where I showed them, hey, look, you qualify to buy a house. Let me show you how to move, how to make that move. Well, if I hadn't have been in that position and I hadn't control what I did, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so being able to be in an ownership position allowed me to, to help a lot of people grow. And that's a very, very good feeling. It's no different now that when I have some of these young cats hit me up or DM me or either anybody that I fool, I fool with for real, they call me directly and ask me questions. And I, you know, I can you know, mentor them or give them some information. In the trucking business, it works. It's the same thing. I never stopped being that uncle, big brother, the, get, the go-to guy that allowed my experience to help you not have to, you know, traverse some of the nonsense that I've had to see by virtue of not having anybody to show me. So now, now how did that ahead. work? 
now how all now how all this gained experience that that you uh, that, that you garnered? How is you how is you putting that into into trucking? Because you are an owner operator right now, right? Correct. Let let us know how 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 to how how to jump from company from company driver to owner operator. I'm coming to you. Hey, uh, hey, uh, cigar boss. I'm. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about you know making that power move. Talk to me. What 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 would okay. I what would I need to know? Okay. Uh, if you watched my video I made last night smoking that cigar, I, I gave you the game. So, but let me to give you the highlights. So you're a company driver, and you and I say, well, Sean, you've been driving at least two years. And you say, yeah, I got six in. So I say, well, two things. How's your credit? And how much cash do you have saved? Because the owner is contingent upon a few things. The truck financed or leased. You know, I, 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 I'm, I can. I can um, because there are going to be circumstances from putting down 20%, 20, 25% down on your first truck. Being able to have a maintenance account and a and a, a maintenance escrow account, that's going to be in, in, imperative that you have money put aside. So the question that I'm going to say, well, the first thing you need to do have ten to twenty five thousand dollars in your bank account, and then decide: Do I want to run under someone else's authority as a power only? Owner operator, meaning that you would pull their trailer, like people do with JB Hunt, Schneider, so forth and so on. Or do you want to run under your authority, get your MC, your DOT number, and then you get out here and run butt naked like my brother does, and you know you build your business that way. That's contingent upon you having built a level of relationships with a shipper or um, a few brokers and a couple of dispatchers where you can get freight. So it depends on your people skill set too. Are, are you detail oriented? Do you keep good records? Do you do you deliver the freight that you have now on time? What is the history that you can tell someone that would allow them to trust you within the first 90 days of you going into business for you, for the, for yourself? You know, uh what can they relate to? Um so when you're gravitating to becoming an owner you have to ask yourself, do I run this truck as a company driver in a responsive manner? Do I monitor my fuel? You know, am I averaging 6.8, 7.2, 8.0 miles per gallon? Um, again, in my own time, my pickups and deliveries, uh, do, am I running uh, a consistent area that I'm comfortable with? Do I like running the Midwest, Northeast, the Southeast, South Central? You know, what areas are you running? That level of understanding when you start talking about things like truck placement, meaning that if the truck is in this particular lane, let's say, for example, you, you're in Cleveland, I'm in South Carolina, that I-77 lane is, is a, a lot of stuff made in the Midwest that comes to the Southeast. So that's lumber, uh, that's refrigerators, stoves, all that shit comes down to the Southeast that's made up there around your, your, your way. That's a pretty, those lanes pay pretty well. Um, but if you're a new guy and you just jumping out here, you know, don't willy nilly, 
don't know shit about all of that. You need to learn that because you're going to learn by one way or the other. You're going to learn by in being involved or learn by default. I would rather you learn by preparation and then decide that these are the things that I want to do. I want to haul lumber. Or I want to choose to, you know, I want, I may want to run flatbed and run steel, or I'm going to run drive in and run general commodities, or I'm going to run reefer um, and haul cookies and ice cream and beef, you know, it just depends. And so I'm going to guy. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that you stay in the lane that you know best, like whatever freight you running right now. Okay. When you decide to become an owner, you need to go back to those same type of people that you already are familiar with and build your business from that standpoint. Always pick from the low hanging fruit. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Do what you always do. What comes do what comes easiest and the business will grow from that standpoint. All right, that's what's up. Trucking, uh, trucker, real deal has a question. He says, he says, do he said that cigar boss has a YouTube channel? Uh, no, nah. he don't have a YouTube channel. He's he's not a YouTuber, but he does have a he does Instagram. have an Instagram, and we'll we'll uh I'll link I'll I'll link that in a minute. Uh, cigar boss man, uh, thirty years in the game. So far, I'm I'm sitting here just 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 soaking up all this 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 vast information that you're giving me man and giving everybody out there and i do appreciate you coming on and 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 sharing the jewels man tell us about the bad side of it though oh i'm, I'm a, that's what i'm finna i'm finna give you some bad tell side. About, so, tell us about the bad side have you have you, in your 30 years have have you been in any incidents uh accident or or anything like that man let Tell tell these new jacks that there's 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 a flip side to this game. Okay, uh, what got me out of trucking uh, the first time was an accident. <clears throat> my my right steer tire blew. Okay, my my co driver and I brought the truck in, came back from from Haywood, California, on a turn. And went home to do my reset. Came back. I had written the right tire up on the pre-trip, on the post-trip that it needed to be replaced. It had a bubble in it. Well, the uh, fleet manager or service guy didn't change the damn tire. So we went up on the mountain and the steel tire blew. And I went down the side of the mountain and I lived. When I got my black ass off that mountain and I got on that ground, I was shook. When I looked at that truck and saw it had dug in and when they craned it up and saw what was left, I wasn't fucking with trucking no more. So when you have a deaf, a near deaf experience, it does something to you. It shakes your confidence. It, 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 it makes you very, very aware of just how your life can change in a second. Um, somebody a truck, else's a trucking, a trucking accident can do that. It, yeah. it, a trucking yeah. accident can flip your flip your wheel. Yeah. I mean, you're out yeah. there driving, lollygagging, foot up on the foot up on the on the dashboard, and all of a sudden, in an mm. instant. Yeah, Father but D, in my case, Father D wants to know right quick. He says. How did he says? How did your truck catch fire? 
Oh, we're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's go to that since he wants to know. So I came, I bought a, uh, in a, uh, 2018, I had bought a new utility trailer in Dallas. Feeling pretty good. You know, I went about my first new trailer. You know, I'm coming back. So, you know, you got to get a fellow DOT inspection done on the trailer. So I stopped in Louisiana at the uh, TA right there in Greenwood uh, off of 20 and um, had them do the federal DOT inspection on the trailer. And the guy had told me about these new headlights that could help you see 25% farther. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me, you know, let me check them joints out. So here's the saving grace, too. Above the cash register at the TA service checkout, they have a camera. The tech picked up the product and put it on the counter. Now, I say that for a reason. So they went ahead and put the lights in, and they, and they had the wrong amperage. It was 100 amp, and Peterbilt called for 65, 60, 65, whatever it was. So when I got to, two days later, when I got to my delivery, which was at the Walmart DC over there in Hope Mills near Fayetteville, I'm back in the truck into the, to, to dock it, to disconnect so they can unload it, and the whole fucking front end of the truck catch on fire. Mm. 190 grand gone. Just like that. Mm. Just like that. Two minutes. Diesel is not, it doesn't, doesn't flame because the, you know, the, the heat differential is a little different than gas, but when it does catch, it goes. Mm. The, key, the thing, the thing that, that pissed me off was you ever you you've delivered at a Walmart before, right? All the time. They get they got cameras that can see up a Nats ass at a hundred yards, correct? Yes, they do. They were sitting in there watching my truck burn up, and didn't call the fire department until after the shit had burned up. So wow. I sued, I sued Walmart ass, and I sued TA. And um, TA settled within about ninety days. It took Walmart damn near two years because they got deep pockets. They tried to fight it. But they couldn't fight the fact when I had the I had the attorney um, subpoena the camera and footage and show where they were sitting on their ass on the inside watching my truck burn up at 10 after 6 in the morning. Now, this, now, I ain't going to make it a... Now, now, this is a truck that you paid for. This is your truck. This ain't, this ain't 20, a car. 20, 2806 a month finance with Packard Financial, which is Mercedes Benz, you know, all that shit. And you Packard still with this future. And you still had to pay, and you still had to pay for that truck. Oh no, 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 no. I bought the I bought the extended, I bought the I bought the gap insurance. I ain't stupid. I, I was a car dealer. I bought the gap insurance. Oh, but okay. but but see, this the thing. They had to pay me back pay for my lost revenue. Right. That's what they were fighting. That's what they were fighting. Because they had to pay that lost revenue. That go back from the point that it happened, from October twelfth, two thousand eighteen, all the way up until we, we when we settled at at sixty five hundred dollars a week, which is what I booked that which I booked I booked my trucks out at twelve fifty a day. That's real money, you know. When you driving, you sh your truck real money. You, you you should have your truck booked out at about twelve hundred fifty dollars a day. That's what that truck should make. Now I I ain't listen. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you no bullshit about making ten grand a week. I'm telling you what's real numbers. What are real numbers? A truck should generate fifty five hundred to sixty five hundred dollars a week gross revenue before deduction. Anything over that, you get in, you get, you make more than that. That's all gravy. But your truck should make fifty five hundred to sixty 
to sixty five hundred dollars, sixty five fifty a week. That's that's when you can you can book your truck at two two sixty two. <clears throat> when you see a truck going down the road from now on, <clears throat> you every time you see a tractor trailer, an independent, you see that that go two hundred sixty thousand dollars gross revenue. <laughs> that's what it that's what it should be. If they if they if you own your game and you really know what you're doing, uh, whether you own percentage or getting paid by the mile, because I can I can flip it either way. You know, whether you're getting eighty percent of the gross line haul or you're getting you, your, your truck should average two ten a mile. You know, it, it, it it's the same thing two ten to two thirty a mile. It costs a dollar and forty cent a mile to run the damn truck. So you see these these bullshit ass lease uh, uh, things where they say they paying a dollar five and dollar ten all that. Man, motherfuckers, you in the hole. You can't because it costs a dollar forty to run the damn truck. And so you you base it you base it a dollar forty plus. So if you had a dollar ninety, you eating you you making about what a guy would make uh, working almost at Walmart because your net is going to be about seventy five eighty, okay. Um, but your but when you really own your game, you try to keep your you try to keep your mileage average at about two ten per mile. Hello. Hello. Like I'm in. You got technical difficulties. Hello. 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 What happened? We got some bullshit on. We we got some.
Sorry about that. We uh kind of lost connection there. Nah, we was getting too, we we was getting in too deep. That's all it was. That's just the federal government. Yeah, Yo, you say that was the federal <laughs> government fucking with us, man. Federal government. Hating on, hating on, hating on lockout, man. Cause he, he getting this, he getting the truth in this. So uh, anyway, like I was, like I was saying, man, um, to run your truck profitably, um, you want to look at, you know, fuel can run you as much as forty percent of your of your expenditures. Then you know, of course, you know, you got the truck payment, your escrow that you want to put back for your um, for your for your service and and you know, incidentals. And so at the end of the day, if you net above thirty percent net net after everything is paid then that's a realistic number you know because like i told you i had a situation last week well no last week this week um i made six grand but my check this uh the, the deposit in my account this morning was 1750 i had 1800 worth of fuel i had okay. i took a, i had a, a, a 1300 repair um okay. and then i i i, I pay my i paid i pay my I deposit my maintenance account regardless of whether I paid for that repair. I still contribute to my maintenance account and I repay my down payment that I put on the truck back into my account. And then I put in my money for my escrow, which which I have a certain level that I want to keep it at. So there's a level of discipline that you have to maintain regardless. Now, if I took out, if I took that out and just paid myself that and just, you know, just minus my truck payment, my fuel, you know, my net would have probably been, 35 give or take but that's that that still is 30 percent that goes on that 30 percent line of what i was telling you about so if you look at when you when you when you run in these trucks if you look at your net your true net being about 30 percent you won't lie to yourself because you hear a lot of guys say yeah man you know i was gross to 75 you don't get paid on gross you get paid on net you pay your house payment your car payment your insurance you buy your groceries on what you take home you can't buy a damn thing on what you gross, but, but conversation, you know? So that is how I look at things. Now you asked me about some bad things that had happened. Um, I'm going to give you a classic example of when you, what you don't do. This is what happened to me in 2012. So 2012, I got into expedite hotshot. You familiar with that? Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> I was out of, like I said, I was out of trucking. So I got back in trucking in 2012 and I was, I was a manager for one of the uh, tire, one of the tire and oil change distributors. I was a service manager. And I, ironically, I put some tires on this guy's vehicle and they were some Michelin um, XPOs. Anyway, the tires were like $1,600 for a set. He came in and just wrote the check. Boom. And I was like, man, what you what you do? Because it's a brother. I'm like, because black men don't spend no sixteen hundred dollars off the cut. No, no, no questions asked. Well, I'm in trucking. I said, well, what you do? He said, I do. I run. I run expedite. I run hot shot. I said, well, hot shot. I said, what the hell is that? He's like, I ain't. You know, I ain't had no hot shot when I was you know trucking. So he told me what it was. And, and to this day, I thank this brother still. He went to his briefcase. He got his settlement sheets and showed me his year to date. His year to date was something like. 180s. It was August. So he was on track to make 250. Again, those numbers, what I told you about those numbers, those numbers were lining up. You figure eight months in, he made 180. He, he's on track to make about 250, whatever. So that was that Saturday. That Wednesday, I went to buy my first van. I got approved because Nissan had, you know what, you seen the Nissan High Cubes? 
Mm-hmm. The, the high top man. So I went and bought one and got approved. They had a new business program going on. So I got approved that Wednesday. I was in the hot shot expedite business that Friday. Had turned my resignation in a week later. So I started September 10th or 11th, 2012. Here's the kicker. I hops my ass out here. They they say they they say that there is real money in hot shot. Is it it, it 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 is now okay? This is the key. I got in it during the Great recession, so you know gas was four dollars a gallon. I'm mm. in Chicago paying five fifty for a gallon of gas. I don't I don't understand truck placement. I got. 15 other vans around me in a, in a, in a within a 20 mile radius of geographical area, the dispatcher's favoritism. So now I'm learning all this shit by reaction. You know, I'm getting my ass handed to me basically because I'm running, but I'm not understanding the lanes and, and where the need the truck need to be and where the van need to be. Who that took about 16, 17 months. And I got up to, I, I, I put about four more vans on, then I went through a divorce, and my ex-wife wanted those, so that started me back. So I got back into big trucks in 2014, and I've been running big trucks ever since. Because this is it, expedite is good for people who are single, or an empty nester, or retired person, or uh, a person who really doesn't have a family, because you know you still got to sleep in those trucks or those vans and be away from home, and the money is a little bit more sporadic than it is in a big truck. So, so you in the right part of the industry, it would, if you would, if you want to run, cause, cause on the big trucks, they call it LTL less than truckload. So if you run in less than truckload on big trucks, there's more freight because of the sheer fact that you have the capacity to fill that truck up with a 53 foot van and have multi-stops. So if that's what you're looking at, then, you know, again, Understanding the business, learning the lanes, learning where you want to run. Those are the things that come with doing your homework first, because you don't want to be on your ass sitting, you know, learning how to manage the fuel costs and, you know, learning how to deal with the brokers and learning what what 3PL carriers you need to learn to, to, to deal with. You don't want anybody holding your nuts in terms of handing you your money. You want to dictate the terms in which you run and how you run. And so for me, I would tell anybody learn this side of the business learn the big truck business it's easy to go down to a smaller truck straight truck excuse me or the the um extended vans running because because the extended vans or the nissan they carry two they carry two skids the uh extended mercedes vans um the extended wheelbase mercedes van can carry three skids and then you go up to the 26 foot box trucks which you can carry i think 10 skids and then of course um you know come up to your big truck so it just depends on how you want to play. There's money everywhere in each one of those niches, but you just decide, you know, what's good for you, what's good for your family, where you are in terms of your family life, because that's going to determine how you how you really want to work and what you're going to dedicate to your time to. So, um, for me, it if if I'm in a capacity, which right now we're running capacity freight, meaning full truckload, I run capacity freight. We're in the season. Of, of capacity because one of the things that COVID has, has done, people are doing more shopping online. People are in their, in their homes either by force or by choice. So they're, they're buying stuff via 
the computer and the phone. Well, that creates capacity for us to be able to run freight. And it allows us to continue to do the things that we do out here as carriers to carry the freight and get this pricing structure, i.e. the rate that that particular demand calls for. So the more demand, the less trucks available, the more money you make. The more trucks in the marketplace, the less you're going to make. So it just depends. So you have to figure out how you want to play. Because like right now, reefer freight and van freight are damn near, damn near similar in terms of the rates that they're, that they're bringing, except, you know, you got to put that reefer fuel in that reefer. So it just depends on what you want. I mean, there are people who are going to say, well, I make more money in reefer. Okay, cool. But I ain't want to hear that noisy ass reefer all the time. I can pull this van up and go to sleep. I don't want to run that reefer. I don't want to check no temperatures. You know, yeah, you may make 5,500 on that run and I make 42 on this one, but I'm going to be good with my 42 because I'm going to be able to, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep better. So it just depends on what you, what you're comfortable with. That's what's up, man. That is what's up. I, whoo, a lot, a lot of, a lot of touches, a lot, a lot of touches out here. And as you said, there is, there is a lot of money out here, man. But what do you say? What, what do you say to these new jacks that, that, that think they know it all? They, they, they saying that, they saying that trucking is a hustle. They, they saying that trucking is the nets, um, is dope the net, dope gang. Yeah. What, what do you say to them, man? Get your seat there. First day you are you are talk to me or my brother, any experienced trucker, man or woman, that's a trucker trucker. I have no rap. You, you remember that old conversation when you talk when we was growing up, we said no rap. I have no rap for you, you ain't got no CDL. You can yeah, you may see you got a lot of these trucking investors that don't drive. I have nothing for you. Because you don't have the level of empathy. I didn't say sympathy. Empathy, the difference between empathy and sympathy, empathy meaning that you've actually had the experience, you understand the hurt, the pain, the loss that we deal with out here. Sympathy is you just identify with the fact that, oh, okay, you know, you'll be all right. Nah, well, you know, I would, I have conversations with people who do business by virtue of experience. And that's who I can have a relevant conversation with. Now, I can talk business with anybody, but trucking business to me because i'm a trucker not a truck driver i take it personal so show me that you are invested by going to school going to training committing yourself to learning the business from the ground up and then if you want to create your hustle okay cool but at least you have a you have a level of experience and experiences that you can go back on because here's the thing when you go to hire someone and they say hey man I have a doctor's appointment. I need you to make sure that I'm home next week to get that. You understand having driven how shit can happen that you want to make sure that driver gets home to, to his or her appointment. But if you're an investor and you don't really get that level of, of understanding, you're looking at from a profiteer standpoint. Well, the, the truck making this kind of money coming out of Wisconsin, going out of Texas, I need you to run as much as much, much you know, much as possible now. Because what's going to happen is your retention rate is going to be in the bucket. And they ain't fucking with you. And if you can't drive a truck, you're depending upon the driver to make your money. Well, they can they can not like your attitude and fuck up your equipment. Well, you know, a good set of bridge stones, steel tires and drive tires can cost you seven grand. So your truck, your your driver fuck up your tires and say, hey man, I hit a curb. Damn, you just fucked off fifteen hundred two grand. That's what the investor don't understand. As a trucker, 
you appreciate the the the, the process, like ET said, Eric Thomas, Dr. Thomas said, you gotta you gotta understand the process. There's a process to this thing out here. You can you everybody say they want to be a boss, but let me tell you something, man. Everybody ain't cut out to be a boss. Everybody ain't. Some people need to be supervised. Some people need to be told what the fuck to do because they can't manage themselves. Everybody not meant to run a business because they're not they're not committed to going through the process that it takes to learn the business. You may look at my house and look at my car and look at me smoking these cigars, look at my wife. You don't understand, man. I got time. I got investment. I invested my time. I invested my experience. I I'm talking to you in the truck now, and I supposed to have been home Sunday. Today, Tuesday. But that damn truck broke down Friday night in front of the loading dock. When the when the when the guy called me to load the truck, the damn truck broke down. The, the leveling system went out. I had to drop the bags, raise the bags, run the truck over to the TA in Denver to get it fixed, then turn around and come back and get reloaded Saturday and run that all the way down to Albany, Georgia. Well, I lost all of that drive time Friday night. That was done. So it threw me back to where I am now where we're having this conversation and I'm still going to got to finish this run tonight. But at the end of the day, that's what it takes when you understand this business and your level of commitment has to be contingent upon. Are you looking at this as a hustle or are you looking at this as a business to, to generate revenue, to feed your family and to create a legacy that you and your kids can look at and you be proud of. If it's a hustle, your ass ain't gonna stand it long. It's like a dude that play. I used to play football, so you got a lot of guys that are, are gym rats. A lot of guys are, 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 are what I call uh, Saturday athletes. They want to show up and be on TV. Hey, mom, what's happening? Look at me, look at me. But on Tuesday when it's film study, on Wednesday when we going through, we were going through defensive and offensive drills. They don't want to do that, you know, because that shit takes work. They don't want to run the stadium at four or five in the morning. They don't want to lift weights. They they lift they lift for the for the free, for the brawls with females, but they ain't trying to lift to, to stay fit. To what it takes to get to that level, trucking is the same way. You don't if you get your ass out here and learn how to run. The difference between running four hundred and seven hundred miles a day, learn the discipline that it takes to navigate through these construction zones and being on time and understanding the you know the weights. You know, not taking a load because the load may pay you. Three, four grand, but the load is forty three thousand, and they say we well, want you to run that load up to Schenectady, New York, and you got to run the hills, and you're not a hill driver. Then you don't need to take that load. You need to find you a 25, 18, 20, 20, 25, 30,000 pound load that may go to Cleveland, Ohio, because you're not, you're not. That's not your lane. That's not. That's not. That's not your level of expertise. You can't let the hustle and greed override good business sense, and that's some of the things that I see. Um, that experience investment and 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 execution is what's going to separate those people from the people who actually do this on a consistent continual successful basis over the long term truck i mean uh cigar boss man Ooh. oh man this this is what's up if you guys enjoying this conversation man let me know in the uh in the comments let me know with some thumbs up make sure y'all hit that like button man because this man right here is dropping some serious jewels on us tonight and i do appreciate that he's taking the time he literally said that he's pulled over to the side of the road to talk to to talk to me and you guys to drop some jewels on you so let me know uh hit hit me up with some uh likes uh thumbs up or whatever whatever um cigar boss man 
you you're owner operator now. Are you are you an owner operator or are you a or are you a carrier? I'm hearing I'm hearing some guys saying it's it's as you said it's different levels. So mm-hmm. are you? My first question is: Are you an owner operator or a carrier? And if you are, how many trucks do you have? And how hard is it to get good drivers? Okay, so for me now, I run one truck, this truck that I'm in now as a carrier, but I'm I'm signed on power only with the company that I contract with out of Ohio. I mean, out of Chicago, I have run as many as five trucks like my brother does. Um, But with COVID-19 and with the fact that, you know, uh, other changes, we had to make some adjustments. Um, Good drivers, again, there, there are a lot of good drivers. Good drivers are not hard to get. They're hard to keep. It depends on how you treat them. Do you respect Do you respect their time off, their home time? Do you run them in an area that they are comfortable with? And do you pay them commensurate with what they would expect to get paid for the work that they do? Um, and and simply, simply put, there's no one guaranteed way to please everybody. But if you pay a person well, if you put them in a position to win by by reinforcing the fact that, hey, man, listen, you did a great job last week. I really appreciate that. That's all. That's a simple phone call. Uh, and you provide them, you know, with a a a, a carrot, an incentive, a bonus um, for revenue production because they, they help you make money. If you do that, then your people are going to be loyal and they're not going to go anywhere. Because when they when they when they look on the other side of the fence, they're gonna realize, hey man, this dude paying me, shit, he paying me damn well for what what I'm doing, you know. So that has to be um, a first thought in your mind, and that comes from you having driven before you started your business. You know, do I want someone to treat me differently than I would treat myself? Does that make sense? Makes plenty of sense. Okay, so look at how you would want to be treated. Replicate that throughout your personnel and no matter whether you you get your see you learn your formula with with the with the one truck see like me running this truck i can duplicate my formula as i decide to add more trucks on 2021 and so forth and so on because i've got the formula the basic formula down by running this truck that's how you learn and then you can always replicate that in other people through expectations and incentives Give people a carrot, give them something to work for, make them excited, give them, help them be appreciated and take, take, take their wants and needs as well as your own into a circle of, of, of equal importance. And you always win they, because your people make the money for you when you're not making it for yourself. You can't be the one want to be the only dude at the top. See, if you're the only cat that want to eat, you're not going to succeed. But if you don't mind being part of a team, and let everybody eat, and everybody eating well. They don't mind. They don't mind you eating, and you continue to eat. That's what's up, man. So, so oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So, so what we had touched on was uh, how my wife and I came to putting. We we about to touch on that right okay. now. So, okay. uh, so by the, the thirty ugh, the thirty years that you've been rocking out, man. You 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 and your wife uh, saw saw a need 
for for the the guys that are in trucking. And the need is a lot of us don't have affordable insurance, uh, health insurance, right? True. Tell the people what you what you and your wife put together before you get up out of here. Okay, so what we do, we we my wife and I own a medical family medical practice. It's technology based called the Bang Group. That's T H E B H A N G G R O U P. If you look up the Bang Group, uh, you can you can Google it. Uh, we come at the top of the of the Google thing. We don't know. We we do um, both telemedicine and virtual medicine. Which virtual is FaceTime, um, Zoom, whatever you want to call it. The difference is we own the technology. I don't. We don't lease the technology. We developed the technology in California, brought it to South Carolina. We were the first ones with virtual and telemedicine in South Carolina. My wife's a nurse practitioner. She's the, she's also the CEO of the practice, and she's the chief provider. Um, what I looked at and what she looked at is when you're in the hospital, people who are uninsured or underinsured, they get handled differently. You know, they they get they get handled differently, and from an advocacy standpoint. Um, yeah, that's my baby right there. Um, we wanted to be a real advocate for the uninsured, the underinsured, and those who have high deductibles. And the way in which you do that is you control the ability to provide care. So what we do, we provide quality health care uh, via um, uh, te- te- telemedicine visits, or virtual visits, or in-person visits, and we make them affordable. Our our televisits. Uh, and virtual visits are $50, our in-person visits are 65 So, for example, if you go to urgent care, your average urgent care um, visit is about $125. Um, so what we've allowed, since we control the technology, we can control the cost. So we made it where people can afford to get quality health care and a high-tech health care environment at an affordable price. Um, we spent the money up front. Um, we're licensed in multiple states, um, seven, uh, California, well, maybe eight, California, Arizona, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, North Carolina, uh, Maryland, the Maryland DC area, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and, uh, Arizona. Um, and the reason for that is this. The whole debacle about affordable health care with these politicians boils down to the providers. If the doctors and the practitioners don't want to provide that service at an affordable price, they don't have to. Period. Okay. So your doctor says your health your visit is two hundred and fifty dollars and you let's say you got Blue Cross Blue Shield and your yeah, you may have a thirty dollar copay, but Let's say you have a thousand dollar deductible. Well, until you meet that thousand dollar deductible, you got to pay that shit out of pocket. Okay. So what we've done, we've created a a health plan for working people um, that does not have a pre-existing condition exclusion. So whether you have high blood pressure, lupus, cancer, whatever, you can get coverage with us and have something. This is the key. Something. It's better than nothing. And then we give you the technology component as part of the care plan. So if you're in trucking, let's say you say you had to go renew your 
you want to go back and let's say you, you don't want to do your DOT. Let's say you want to get a physical or you want to get a blood pressure check and you don't have time. Or there's a situation where you may have some symptoms that you're not familiar with. You can go online, make an appointment with, my, with, with the practice. Um, you're going to get an email, confirm that appointment, and you can do a tele or virtual visit with my wife. And then she can make the diagnosis, make the recommendation and send your prescription to wherever your local pharmacy is, whether it's in Cleveland or we're in New York or wherever the case may be, because owning that technology allows us the ability to be an advocate in that particular, be proactive in that sense. Um, a family of four under our well care, our wellness plan is $140 a month. So, so basically you can cover a family of four for $35 a week or a single person, $70 a month. So you're not going to find that nowhere. I know that because I own the business and I did the research and, you know, you can't, you can't set the pricing and the cost structure unless you control it. So with us controlling it, we, we make it affordable for people who are uninsured, underinsured, or have a high deductible. And that's the reason why we created the bank group. Now we also treat those who have a medical condition that causes, we also prescribe medical cannabis in those States where medical cannabis is legal and we're licensed. So don't come in with that bullshit talking about, you know, I heard that you said, no, no. What I said is if, if you have a condition specific treatment and in your particular state that is legal, she can prescribe the treatment and it calls for that as an option. We have that available as well. We also have a weight, a non-surgical weight management program for women who want to lose weight and don't want to go get the, uh, the surgery done. Uh, my wife can prescribe. Uh, she has a, 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 a program that helps women lose on average 20, 26 pounds a month, you know, depending upon your metabolism and so forth and so on. And um, they also do. She also does um, a, a like a what they call cool sculpting where it can move the fat around to help it dissipate out the body. And so so we have a, we have a multiple uh, array of services that we provide under under the auspices of the band group. And what we what we looked at was just being able to provide those services for people who don't have anybody in the general uh, uh, public that can advocate for them. So we can advocate for them, get you the services that you need. If they're under, under our purview, under the services that we provide, you check the listing, you come see us, call us, make the appointment. It's online. Bada bing, bada boom. If you're in the South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina area and, um, and you want to come and get an in-person visit, you can park at the TA at 99 Plumbers Road. I'll get you an Uber. You come straight downtown to our office. We're in a high, we're in a high end, we're in a secure building. It's a very upscale area, upscale building, because what we want you to do, even though you're paying a minimal amount, we want you to have a great experience because average people need to have above average experiences because I'm personally, I don't like people getting handled just because they don't have money or enough money that the general public may say, well, he or she, that, your value is not attributed to your bank account. So that's, that's what it is. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I got it, man. It's, it's been, it's been a, a holy pleasure, bro. Uh, cigar boss, everybody. Whoop, wait a minute. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> Man, bro, thank you, thank you very much for blessing the uh, the Lockout Man podcast show tonight, man. You're uh, welcome. There, lot, lots of jewels, and there's, there's more. You know what I'm saying? There's, yeah. there's yes. 
point. But like I said, you 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 got to get back on the road, bro, and you got to get it, you you got to uh get get it going and all that good stuff. Yeah. And I, I gotta get I gotta get some sleep and get up in the morning and uh and get it going, man. So I I really do appreciate you coming on here. What what tips? What what tips that you got for these? For these cats out here, man, uh, uh, your 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 leaving thought. My leaving thought is: prepare yourself as if you were an owner while you are a company driver. Um, develop the habits that it take: saving your money, establish your budget, um, make sure that you get your credit in line. Um, build your relationships with these shippers and receivers because those are the same people that you would be delivering to as an owner. And just um, make sure that you treat them as you would want to be treated because they're going to be the ones that's going to provide for you and your family over the long haul. That's what's up, man. And on that note, everybody... We we just gonna we we just gonna leave you with this.